0: Warning. Spinning on two wheels may contain language, themes, and references that are inappropriate for the ears of children, sensitive grandparents, and public forums. Headphone use is recommended. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I'm the Kick-Ass Knitter. I know just enough to be dangerous. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm an experienced knitter, self-taught crafter, and a novice motorcyclist. I'm here to talk about my journey to the top, and all the fiber fun and fuckery along the way. This is Spinning on Two Wheels. Hey y'all, welcome back, or to those new listeners just joining us, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 9 of Spinning on Two Wheels, and (laughs) I'm really excited to be recording this one. I almost never expected this to get off the ground this way. Um, yeah, yeah, to have nine episodes recorded going out, that's that's pretty amazing. For, for a show, a project idea, I've wanted to get off the ground for years and just didn't for so long for so many reasons, and now it's happening? What? Anyway, thank you and grateful shout out to the hosts, Pam and Greg of Unraveling, a knitting podcast, for the promo spot and the chance to record their intro. It was a delight. Uh, It is episode 104. If my listeners would like to go give that a listen, I have been following Unraveling since its inception, so that's, that's pretty cool to get that spotlight. Thank you. Thank you both so much. That was a delight. I I listen to my podcasts. I listen to podcasts when I do just about anything around the house. Uh, Garden work or laundry, especially, or yes, knitting and spinning. So to hear hear my own music kind of swell up was an entirely different experience. That was really cool. (laughs) Moving on. Life on the Road update? Audio Man and I have both received all of our COVID shots. Woo! Suck it, communicable diseases! After getting that shot, that was the first time in a very long time I felt hopeful for, like, the future of humankind. And that's such a mind-blowing thought that, you know, this global pandemic, it will come to an end we will beat this thing because nothing's gonna stop us as a fun aside yes I did bring my dating with me to the Maryland mass vax site and I was indeed spotted sitting in my car it was drive-through you did not get out of your car for the second shot they asked me to open my door only because my seat was positioned such that I had to lift my shoulder to make it available to the nurse to give me the injection and she says honey just relax and I said yes ma'am because that is the nurse and you listen to nurses they put up with enough shit that they don't need yours on top of it they say jump you say how high kind of deal I got distracted so I was in my car in the observation area the observation nurse came over to my car she introduced herself she's like oh that's marvelous that you're you're knitting. She mentioned she wanted to learn how to knit, and she she called my knitting art. She said she wished she could learn a fine art like that. And then she showed me some pictures on on her phone of her art. And let me tell y'all something: this woman is an artist. She like creates sculptures. She used uh, holiday ornaments, and they were stunning. St- Stunning. It was, it was really fun. It was one of those knit in public almost moments. And that was, that was pretty cool. I just, I make friends. I make friends by knitting in public. What can I say? Yeah, life on the road continued. Audio Man and I are planning on a bit of a retool after episode 10. We're hoping to be able to do this without an interruption to your regularly scheduled episodes. I'll be honest, it it may or may not happen. If we do take a brief hiatus, it will probably coincide with early June. It'll probably be the first couple of weeks in June if we do hiatus. In part because that's when our birthdays fall. And in part because they'll be right after 10 comes out. 10, by the way, is going to be something special. Keep an eye out. If you have any suggestions for the show, you can reach out via... The show notes at two via email two podcast at gmail.com or on the Ravelry group if Ravelry is a safe website for you to still use. Cruising right along through fashionably riding. I have been wearing the magic sweater in mornings. That is the one from Picks, Wool of the Andes. That would make small children fall asleep whether they wanted to or not but I haven't really been wearing much else because it is is finally it's finally getting warm it's finally staying warm my garden's loving it more on that later because right now we're going to cruise right along into the next segment right after this message at the onset of shelter in place crafters answered the call the time had come to use that special yarn in the stash. But sadly, there wasn't enough to last. But with your help, a crafter can stay sane. With your generous pledge of just $5 a month, you can change a crafter's life. Please consider pledging at patreon.com slash twowheelspodcast. Broke Crafters of Central Maryland is not a real charity. Broke Crafters of Central Maryland is not a real business. Pledges made at the provided link go solely to support spinning on two wheels and its creators. Cool. Okay. So ongoing projects. Yeah. All right. So the MHK. In the last episode, I talked about how I needed to re-block and remake all of the swatches. I'm going through the binder of swatches and like picking out all of the tiny little things and going, this is the problem, and documenting all of that, that's taking some time and is not exactly encouraging. So I have decided to work on these so-called boring parts of the MHK (laughs) of level one. I've been writing the research paper on blocking and y'all know what? I found more than I thought I was going to. It's actually been pretty rewarding. I'm only about halfway through and I could I could honestly write several more pages on this topic than I'm supposed to, which is kind of fun. I, it got to a point where I was going down a little bit of a research rabbit hole. And there is a research institution in India that goes on about fabric, properties of fabric, and woolens in particular, wools. And um, they have several research papers on pests and typical wool eaters, typical wool pests that knitters live in fear of but they were all behind a paywall so I was I was these close I was I was the email to some of these researchers was drafted and halfway done and before I realized the paper does not need any of this TKGA has has specified to me what what they want me to write on and this is not it I need to get my head out of my ass and and write the paper that I'm being asked to write and not not go off. But I almost did. I still might. We'll see. Peggy, how does that refer back to blocking? Well, because you got to block and wash your your garments because it turns out and there is scientific evidence to support this that all of those wool pests that, again, haunt our nightmares, don't actually give a flying fuck about the wool itself. They like the people bits that get left in the wool. You know, body oils and a little bit of dead skin that softs off our bodies. That's what they like. So if you wash your woolens before you store them for a season, you are in much, much better position and, and are much less likely to have little nasties eaten at your wool. How does that relate back to the paper? Well, the TKGA wants you to elaborate a little bit on why washing and blocking is important. This is only one reason. I mean, besides like cleanliness and honoring the amount of work you put into making yourself everything, (laughs) sweater and socks and hats and mittens and gloves and all of the things Beyond honoring that work and that effort, you know, it, it keeps them from getting munched on. That's kind of important. But of course, to put that in a research paper, you gotta back it up with science, and that's how I got down that rabbit hole. That one, anyway, that is how I got down that particular rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's important. Where were we? Alright! Open throttle, ongoing projects, yes, 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 operation sock drawer. What what? The Chandelure socks! The chandelier socks are still going. Uh, Those are actually what I had pulled out after my COVID shots, both of them, by the way. You know, for the half hour I had to wait afterwards, I have some food allergies, not common ones. So they're like, you should wait just in case. That's what impressed the nurse. That is what did it. The chandelier socks. Audio man reminded me about the nickname chandelier that we gave this project and why it got the nickname it did because it looks like ghost Pokemon colors. Yes, indeed. And I love it. I, I love that that's the nickname we came up with. So Chandelure socks. And I completed the gusset decreases on the first sock and set that one aside so I could work on the second sock. Or Greg from Unraveling a Knitting Podcast, if you're hearing this, I finished the second sock and picked up the first sock just for you, babes. Uh, yeah, so I got the heel turned on that one, and I've started some gusset decreases, and what impressed the nurse at the vaccination site was the, the color work. She's like, oh my god, you're holding two yarns at once. I said, yes (laughs) ma'am, because you're always extra polite to nurses. If I haven't said that enough, I will say it more. I'm spinning, spinning. I have been spinning for my next sweater and I was completely wrong about the fleece. Audio man has really lived up to his emotional support tag. Thank you, audio man. These last few weeks, he didn't help me go through the yarn room. I proposed that we go upstairs and look at the yarn room so I could find the information on these fleeces when I purchased them with my mother at Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival. More on that in a minute. I don't remember if this was suggested to us or if Mum and I got this idea. We pulled out some note cards, like three by five, and took raw samples of the fleeces. I had four at the time. One of them was including that Jacob's wool that I got from an internet friend. Bless you Bora, Bora Farms, thank you. And we took samples of the fleeces and we stapled them to those cards with like a little bit of information of what they are. And, and I kept that with the like bill of sale from when I picked up the fleeces so that once I got them processed and sent back to me because I did not process these myself, I would have kind of an idea of which was what. Now, the information that I gave you guys that this was a Cormo fleece was incorrect. I was making that assumption because I knew most of these fleeces were crossbreeds or were not purebred sheep. I was basing that information off of the sale info from the mill. So what W and C really meant was like wash and comb. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wash and comb, not anything to do with the sheep breed so I was like I know that that Mon I made these cards I know they're somewhere upstairs in my yarn room audio man helped me go through this and he kind of gave me a look like no I have seen your yarn room no I'm not doing that that whole place gives me the heebie-jeebies that's not put together yet don't make me do it Peggy and literally he stood in the doorway and I could immediately find it because he was there the yarn behaves for other people it does not behave for me well, the yarn behaves for me. The yarn room behaves for other people. It does not behave for me. And we found all the information. We found all the information for all of the fleeces. So that was really fun. And the sheep breed of the fleece I am currently spinning, see, I can bring it back, is a clune forest. Well, I mean, technically it's a clune forest crossbred with another unknown breed, but it's a clune forest, uh, which is from England, I want to say. Originally, uh, the sheep itself is from you know one state over, and its name is Turbo. Thank you, Turbo. Your fleece is delightful. And I actually filled up all three of my standard bobbins that came with my spinning wheel. So I have been chain plying those singles onto a bobbin from Acreworks. which are nice. And once I ply all of those single yards, I'll go back to spinning more singles. And I'm I'm not even I'm maybe a third of the way through this fleece and it is oh it's delightful I really let it sit too long some of it kind of felted back together like a little bit a tiny bit so I'm I'm kind of removing those sections for now and I'm gonna see if I can pick those apart with my card well my my older sister's carding carding carters card carters that she lent me so she wouldn't have to move around the country with them. We're going to see how it works. But I can't. I'm just happy that I, you know, found all of that information. It turns out that a lot of spinning for practical uses, being able to to look at the unadulterated fleece or a sample of the unadulterated fleece really helps. There are people who recommend, like, the number of twists should be the number of waves or kinks in the fiber. And that varies from sheep to sheep. Which I am definitely not spinning to that ratio. But to be able to do things like that, you gotta know what you're spinning for. And either spin directly from the lock. For the uninitiated, that means not getting it processed. I mean, beyond washing. Definitely wash your fleeces, y'all. Skirt and wash. They are on live animals. There is grease and skin bits and an unbelievable amount of poop. Because it's a live animal, shit happens dirt wash the fleece skirt which just means cut off the the especially nasty bits and you know spin spin from from that once it's dry and don't get it carded or combed or anything and the other way to know this information about you know the raw fleece is to save a sample of the raw fleece i'm so glad that we thought to do that mom thank you circling back what is chain plying okay It used to go by a different name but chain plying is preferred and I've chosen to chain ply this yarn to maximize the length of the finished yarn basically. Um, Instead of taking all three of my singles and twisting them together all all at once, I'm taking one of my singles, looping it through a leader, bringing all three that which makes looping it through a leader once which gives me three strands. So one is anchored to the leader one is coming through and I've got a loop around one finger and the the sing- the other end of the single that's attached to the bobbin in my other hand and I kind of bring those three together and then I pull another loop through the loop that was formerly on my finger. So I still get my three-ply yarn which I like three-ply yarns. I don't know what to tell you. So why am I doing this? Because I'm not a proficient enough spinner to accurately spin three singles of the same circumference and length and you more proficient expert knowledgeable practiced spinners out there will be like you're like Peggy just spin something of the same weight just measure out the weight of the fleece before you spin it yeah but it doesn't work I still always end up with like one thing one single that's sometimes several feet several meters longer than the others it just doesn't work for me but i'm practicing i am practicing i'm getting better and chain plying as i described before allows me to create a three ply yarn from a single bobbin and then i can use all of that bobbin up and there's no more wasted singles longing for friends and now i'm going to roll on to the next segment right after this break this episode brought to you by gage rage Gauge, when you're knitting and you just can't get GAUGE, GAUGE RAGE, stalled, not too much here, mercifully. Thank you. I'm, I am sure now that I have said that out loud, that's going to change for the next episode. But, you know, there were a couple of spots on the Chandelier socks where I, I dropped a stitch but, like, immediately caught it or had to double check where I was in the pattern and go, wait, what the fuck, where am I? Okay. And, in all fairness, there are plenty of discarded bits of fleece strewn about my living room floor where my spinning wheel is because you when, when spinning a single... If the spun yarn becomes too thin, it becomes like a a break risk. It is gonna break. And I was told when that happens, rather than tempt fate, just break the yarn yourself and reattach the roving to the like thinner point and discard tiny pieces as you go. So that now my carpet looks like it has aged 60 years and is in dire need of a haircut. Maybe there was more to talk about. Anyway, continuing on to the next segment, right after this break. This episode brought to you by Death Wish Coffee. They aren't sponsoring the podcast. They aren't paying me to say this. But without it, I'd be asleep. So, Deathwish Coffee. Literally the reason I am able to make this podcast. Scenic route! So, I have been winning! I have been winning the battle against the worrisome rust mold on my rose bush. I just wanted to start with that. Oh, and my irises have also been blooming. I have irises all over my yard in so, so, so many colors. I have irises that are big white rebloomers, pale yellow, a two-color petal that is both yellow and white, a bright yellow that looks like a warning sign, a peach. Another two-color petal that's, like, copper and white? Burgundy, light purple, deep purple, and black. Okay, well, the black ones are technically a very deep purple, but only if you look closely. And they are the envy of every other iris grower in my neighborhood. And I do not share them. Lastly, Husbando and I found a small greenhouse while at our local Aldi grocery store. It was fast to assemble. Think... Storm on the horizon coming at you kind of fast. It was easy to anchor down. It is currently housing the second Flamenco, Flameco, whatever, hybrid tea rose. Those are the ones that with the quintessential chef's kiss, mwah, rose shapes. Yeah, hybrid tea? Yeah, rose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one is supposed to be, is supposed to have blooms in, in yellow. With the petals like tipped in red. I bought two of those roses. One planted where I wanted it. in The front of the house. Behind some light purple irises. So when it blooms the yellow of the petals is going to set off the purple of the irises. going to be great. This one is a backup. In case something went wrong. And I'm glad I bought two. Because both of the flamenco roses seem to be struggling a little bit. The other roses I got at the same time from the same place have both sprouted lots and lots of leaves. These two, the flamenco, can't seem to manage a hearty bud under the same soil, same weather conditions, same feeding schedule. So I, uh, I'm i watching this one a little bit more closely with the greenhouse. Also in the greenhouse are those thornless raspberries I got for Hospondo for our anniversary. And they're just in there for a little extra TLC. He loved them, by the way. And finally, I've got a a potted clipping of an azalea bush that I have been trying to grow for over a year. I have been trying to propagate this azalea. It is wedged in two feet of space between a fence that's got to come down before it comes down on us and a shed. I don't know how it's growing back there. I don't know how it gets enough water. And azaleas are supposed to be easy to propagate. That is a lie. No, I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's true. It just, this one does not want to propagate. So I've been letting, I've been letting this clipping kind of go for well over a year. And I took the, I, I finally clipped it off the rest of the bush. We'll see how it lives. It's doing okay so far. It's only been separate from the bush for 48, 36 hours. We'll see. But I really have been trying to grow it for over, over a year this one in the pot just over a year. I've been trying to get clippings off that azalea bush for two or three years at this point. And if this doesn't work, I'm, I'm going to be really disappointed. But we'll see how it goes. Thank you all for your words of encouragement and your suggestions and enthusiasm in these first few episodes. It really does mean a lot. Like I said, stay tuned for the next episode. It should be a special one. And I look forward to uh, having y'all hear it. And that concludes this episode of Spinning on Two Wheels. The theme music is organ rock, classic hard rock by Julius H. And is used under Creative Common License. Audio and emotional support by my brother Larry. Hi, everybody. You can find more of his work nowhere because he is an enthusiastic amateur. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back in two weeks. Until then, remember... I'm revving for you. We're all in this together. Keep your wheels on the road.